Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for a peculiar podcast. In your wildest dreams, you could not imagine the marvelous surprises that await you. Hosted by Pat Cashman. He had a fiery quality on the stage and off the stage, and he was gorgeous to look at. And back by his side, Lisa Foster. She has tattoos, she's cool. She's dangerous. Broadcasters turned rogue podcasters. This <laughs> is a real nice surprise. They're back and on demand. Just press the button. See, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. <laughs> Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Yeehaw! Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it, yeah. Okay, I know it's been uh, a few weeks now since they had that big Mega Millions drawing, and I guess three people around around the country won a portion of it. Yeah, I got a piece of that. I got a piece of that action. Did you? I did. What'd you get? $3. I won $3. Sweet. But the the number of people, I think uh, the thing got up to like uh, six Six. and a half Bill, million, million, million. Dollars. almost three quarters of a billion dollars. Right. And so they got three people apparently uh, that, that that won the thing, and they they. Uh, what is that? Some neighbors running a lawnmower or something. <laughs> I don't. We don't care. Great. It, yeah. It, it's okay. Leave the window. Quiet. Open. <laughs> We're recording a podcast in here. Yeah, that that to, did the trick. That seemed to work. Nice. Um. Uh, where were, oh, so, uh, they had the enormous, uh, n- enormous numbers of people that bought these mega million tickets. The higher the yes. number got, the more tickets were sold, Right. which is, is goofy when you think about it, because the, the, you should buy your tickets when there are fewer people playing, your odds would be better by the time. This True. lottery, I mean, there, I forget what it was. Your chances were like one in, a in million, 700 trillion million gillion like jillion or well, something. Well, and if you think about it too, and I'm, I'm, I don't, I, I'm certainly not a, a statistician or any of those things, but your odds increase the most from you not buying a ticket to buying one ticket. That's where they increase the most, obviously. When you buy another you ticket. You have to buy a ticket to win. When you buy right? another ticket. It doesn't mean your odds now double. No, of course not. So the most, the best you can do is just to buy one ticket. That's when your odds are the best for you winning. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's kind of the same theory a friend of mine has at horse races where he never bets on the horse, any horse to win. He only bets on the horse, what is it, to show. Oh, to show. Show or or play, yeah. Right. Uh, Because then... He tends to win. He doesn't win big bucks, right? But he almost always goes home with more money than than he went there with. Wow. What was that noise? I just <laughs> I th- oh somebody texted me. Oh man, I that's, think we have a listener texting. That's, that's us. an exotic texting uh, <laughs> signal there. That. So uh, so I did buy some tickets and and yeah, I, I did, was uh, I was a dummy and bought ten dollars worth. We, I meant to and I forgot. So what? How do you forget? It's it's a huge jackpot. Well, you got to go into certain stores. I mean, uh, they don't sell them at church where I spend a lot of my time, for I'm example. Surprised. And uh, <laughs> they don't sell them at the library. I go there a lot. 
you got to go to convenience stores, right? <laughs> and liquor stores. And, oh. oh, I don't know, just the grocery store. Oh. And gas stations. I've heard of those. Yeah, you could yeah. get them anywhere. So so you do you do you you would have bought some then. Well, I think had. I, I would have. And I think everybody was talking about it. It was kind of fun, the kind yeah. of national discussion about what would you do? Yes. What would you do if you won that kind of money? What would you do? Yeah. Would you... Would you tell? Would you tell anybody? Because uh, in some states, uh, maybe not all, but in most states, you don't have to disclose your name. You can ask for it to be anonymous, mm-hmm. so that nobody has to know that you won all that money. Uh, well, I, I want to back up to the logistics leading up to what I'm going to do with it. So, if you win, because the the drawing was on a Saturday, so you cannot jump in your car and drive down to the lottery headquarters because they're not open till Monday. So the question becomes then what do you do on Saturday when you know you have the winning ticket and you got to hang on to it for three days? Because there was a story recently in the news, one of the women, one of the uh, supposedly jackpot winners in Baltimore hit her lottery ticket at McDonald's where she works. Mm. Oh, I hit it at McDonald's, and she apparently couldn't find it to claim her piece of the prize. What a dumb thing to do! Where I wouldn't hide it at work. Well, where would you hide it? Well, you, oh wait, you know what? I don't really think I want to know the answer to that. Well, I'm I am not the person you would want to ask. Although, how you could forget where you hid something like that that was going to change your life so dramatically, I don't understand. However, um. Some years ago, maybe five years ago, something like that. Uh, well, let me back up a little further. Oh, uh, no. Back when you and I were employed. That's a long time ago. At Como Radio. Uh, and significant wedding anniversary was uh, uh, on the horizon for me and, and my wife. I remember that. And I wanted to do something really special. I wanted to get her the grandest ring that I could get. Um that's really romantic. Well, very sweet. I I don't do as well with that stuff as I should, and so this time I wanted to, I wanted to shock her. She said, "You, you got me that you." I mean, it was like that. I I, I just and, and I I'm the kind of guy like most guys. We don't understand why women like stuff like that. Guys like stuff that is big. We almost equate with things fur on it. Yeah, with fur. <laughs> With fur on it, when you get something big like a car, or you know something like a big old big screen TV, big. Yeah, it is has to good. have moving parts. Is the other part that you guys like? So we don't it. get rings. Don't have any of that. Little dinky piece of jewelry, bottles. earrings, necklaces. We don't get that. I we, know. I, I mean, know. I, we I mean, know. Not we... all guys, but most guys don't get that. So we can't appreciate what it means. To a woman when she receives something like that, but I, you know, I get, I do get it, but yes. I I don't get it at the same time. Anyway, so I I decided I'm going to go ask. There was a couple of uh, I might have asked you too, but I asked a particular saleswoman at the radio station we were working at. She was always nicely dressed and she had nice jewelry herself. And I got to ask her. I said, "Where'd you get that ring? That's beautiful." He said. Oh, my husband got this for me, and he got it at blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. I said, well, I never heard of that place. She said, well, no, it's not a retail place. It's a guy that will make rings for you. So she took me out. Oh. We went to all these jewelry stores, like Turgeon Rain. Ever heard of that place? Uh, no. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I don't had really frequent jewelry we stores. We went to, to Ben Bridge Jewelers. We heard went, of them. And then we went to Ben Jewelers Bridge, <laughs> which is beautiful. It goes over the Duwamish. Few people know about it. 
So we go to all these jewelry stores, and I'm because she's saying, "What do you think of this one? Oh, that's cool, and that's cool." And then, so we fi- I finally come up with the kind of ring I want to get her. And Jen, I say, so, but this is way too expensive. I couldn't afford this. She said, that's my point. We're not going to get it here. You just kind of pick the kind of ring you like. Now now I'm going to take you to my friend who makes these, who makes rings. So how can a custom ring be cheaper than an off-the-rack ring? I don't understand that. I don't know, because you're not paying uh, middlemen. Oh, the markup. The markup and all that stuff. But it was... so, and was it a diamond ring? Yes. Ooh. No, yes. Multiple diamonds. Oh. Uh, it, was, it was gorgeous. Even I would have to yeah. admit that. And the, and uh, while it was t- still terribly expensive, so expensive that it became gut-wrenching for me, uh, nonetheless, I wanted to <laughs> Did do... Did you, like, actually throw up when you had to pay for it? Almost. Oh, because my here's God. Because what, here's what happened. <laughs> First of all... I was doing lots of freelance jobs. I'd get doing jobs doing commercials or a speaking engagement here or there. So I was taking all those checks that would come in, oh. and I would squirrel them away. Oh, But my see? wife is smarter so... than that. She knows, where's that money? I know he did that speech that we never saw a check for. Uh-huh. Where, but nonetheless, she let me get away with my little caper. Oh. So I was hiding this money, and I was saving it up for a couple of years and I was to get this ring. So that's so romantic. So our our anniversary is in early October, and then, as you will remember, it was the year two thousand and one, and a and a day in uh, early yes. September came along, and it seemed to change everything. All of a sudden, your mentality is: if you can think back then, oh my God, the world is falling apart. Yeah. Everything's going wrong. I I can't spend any money right now. I don't know. If we'll uh, even, you know, if they're, the banks will, I don't know. I just, you, you just, I got kind of panicky. Yeah, nine eleven cast everything into doubt about at this that idea point. of spending this huge amount of money when I thought the best thing to do is stick it in under a mattress at home and, right. and grab your ankles and hang on. Right. You know? So um, I sort of downgraded the the ring a little bit, but not a lot, and it was still a great, gorgeous ring, and I bought it, and. Uh, my my singular goal was to present it. I forget how I did it in I, a grand way, sort of. Yeah, well, I took her out to dinner, and then I and oh. then she was out. Uh, she went to the powder room, and came back, and and it was in her drink. And of course, then I worried, what if she swallows the sucker? Yeah. And then I'm going to have to wait another day or two to present it to her. So you stuck it in her drink. I hope she wasn't drinking tomato juice or no, something. No, no, it was, a, it was a mar- like a mar- I forget what it was. I, maybe I didn't do it that way. Maybe I had it on the end of a toothpick that was in a martini or something. But it, oh, looked, okay. it, looked, it looked nice. Good. And it, and my goal was achieved. It was to make her, her weep. Willow, weep for me. Willow, weep for me. So you started this story. I thought you were going to tell me about you had to hide the ring somewhere, which well, then brings you to... Well, here we go. So, okay. So we fast forward a year or two, and uh, we're watching TV, and there's some show on TV. We're sitting and watching, and uh, the show is about uh, a guy who gets his house is broken into or something like that, and they steal his wife's jewelry. And it, it prompts me... At the moment, in a complete uh, extemporaneous way to say, hang on a second, honey, I'll be right back. And I, I get up and I leave and then I, I'm gone. She said, I, you, I was gone about five minutes. I come back, I sit back down and I go, 
Well, that takes care of that. We won't have to worry about your ring because I've hidden it, and no burglar would ever be able to find where I put it. Where did you put it? <laughs> about a month and a half go by. And my wife oh, says, no. you know, I'd like to wear that ring. We're going out uh, next week. I'd like to wear the ring. I, she said, where did you leave it? Um, hang on a second. Um, <laughs> um, hang, hmm. So I run and I go and I said, I know, I, I, I can't remember exactly where I hit it, but I'm sure I put it up somewhere high. Oh, that narrows it down. So I get a ladder. I go look up at the top of uh, the book, God. big bookcase we have, and I'm sure it's it's not there. It's not there. And I look, uh, I look elsewhere, and I get increasingly panicky. Of and course. Panicky. Where did I leave it? Where did I leave it? Where did I leave it? A year goes by. A year. So when you so the last time when you look got the ladder out you had to come back to her and say I don't know did she mm -hmm. sock you in the head for that Yeah I mean she was just oh. she said what do you mean you can't remember where you put it the idea of you hiding it at all was so that no one could, could ever find could, it could Guess find you did it. a good and, job didn't you And I yeah we sort of joke about that but it really wasn't very oh, funny No of course not so another year goes by Yeah I think about a year went by and uh and then she is cleaning her closet out, uh, her side of the closet, and she some uh, somewhere pulls something out, and something falls to the floor, and way back, lying on the floor, behind kind of a bureau, on the carpet, is her ring. Diamond love, wow, that's pretty random. She comes walking into the room where I am, and she's got tears in her eyes, and she says, Look, I found it. And I go, yes, yes. And then she tells me where she found it, and I said, I wouldn't have hid it back there. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Why would I hide it there? We don't know where it was, but it was found. So I, that's all for just a, a big prologue for me to say, you know what? If you if I win a lottery ticket, I got to give it to somebody else to hide it because I'll screw it up. You will screw it up. I could screw it right. up. Right, but you have to keep it safe. Yeah. You have to keep it safe because you've got three days until you drive on down to the to the to the lottery headquarters, which would be in Olympia. In this now, state, would you right? remember who you gave it to? It would be in Olympia. You would just give it to your wife, right? Um, just be safe and give it I don't, to her. Well, do you think I should even tell her about it? Well, that's that's the other thing. You know, I had a discussion with a friend of mine over that big weekend where the Mega Millions was up to six gazillion dollars. And I said, yeah, you know, I've, I said, of course, I wouldn't tell anybody. I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody, meaning I'm not going to tell the media. He went a step further and said, no, I mean, you don't tell your friends and you don't tell your family hmm. that you've even won it. And I thought... You mean your immediate family? Anybody. So if you had a spouse, you wouldn't tell him I guess, or her? I guess you would have to tell your spouse, but that's where it would have to stop. And I said, well, now, wait a second. How would I explain my brand new McMansion on the lake that I've bought? He said, you know, if I win, I'm just going to, I want to help my friends and family, but I'm going to just tell them, you know what, I'm doing really well now. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I'd like to help you out with this this car payment or I never thought of this. that. I never thought of the family and friends idea as much as the fact that you'll start getting deluged with yes. uh, everybody from uh, investment counselors to insurance companies. Well, that doesn't... To, I yeah. mean, I, the, the, every every 
kind of uh, you know creepy crawler comes out of the woodwork when well, they say smell money he makes a point that even you know friends and family can do that too where where they all of a sudden become um they have they may have this entitlement mentality where yep. you know well gee thanks for buying me a car but you know you've got all this money pat why couldn't you buy me a house yeah no, and, I know because you know if I if I I'd been the one lucky enough to win that money, I certainly would have would shared it with you. Right, I, I, you exactly. Know, That's yeah. the, well, exactly you didn't right. win it, did you? And so you don't really know what you would have done. And, and we had a really interesting conversation. I said, you know, I, I think you're right. I don't think I would tell my friends, and I don't think I would tell my family. Not that I would want to keep all of it for myself. Would you tell but me? Just no way. You are the last person really? I would tell. Why? Why is I, that? I don't think I would tell anybody. He makes a good point. Just, just it. What good can come from it? If you think about it, what good would could come from it? If you win, don't tell me. I don't. I don't want to even know. You just, just, just take your money. And if you feel like doing something nice for me because you have thirty-seven million dollars, well, then... I think uh, I think some people would tell others about it because they want everybody to know. There's a the you know, bragging the word, rights. I'm loaded, man. Yeah. Look at me. Yeah. You know. And so I, I I know there's that mentality out there, but on a practical uh, level, I get that. I get keeping it mum. Doesn't it, it does not keep you from doing good things with that money? Right. It doesn't keep you from philanthropy or anything else, but it just keeps. Uh, and I would help it my keeps family people from fighting with each other. Yeah. I would uh, help my family, and but... especially it would keep. Guy, people that like maybe were your relatives or was or was a friend twenty years ago. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. right? I right. <laughs> I happen to be in the neighborhood, right? But the last time I heard from you, you were in Antarctica. Yeah, but I just happened to be in the neighborhood and <laughs> yeah. just wondered what's going on with you now. What do I've you mean? What's going on? I've been thinking a lot about you because we I were just, so close. I don't know. I haven't <laughs> any anything happened in your life lately uh, that's kind of cool. Because man, my life is going to crap. I I I got no money. I'm just falling on some hard times. I should could use some help right now. See, <laughs> that's exactly why I wouldn't tell you. Yeah, because you'd show up at my door. But I no, w- I, I wouldn't. I would never ever tell my family. My family, I would never tell in a million years. Never. Is I, is it because of the way your family is, or yes. the way you think your family? Yes. Is? Now, what do you I mean? I would help them. I would help them with things, but there's no way I'm going to let them know I have a hundred million dollars. No way. It just would not. There would be no good could come from it. Hmm. And. I, I I don't know that I'd have that trouble with my friends of you I include in that, but I still don't see what good can come from it. Don't you think things would get weird if we were sitting here right now and I That's said, a "Hey, tough one. I said, hey Pat, guess what? I just won a hundred million dollars. Wouldn't that be weird? It'd be weird. Well, here's what'd be weird. You'd I'd have say, to... well, why are we doing this stupid podcast <laughs> for free? What the hell's with that? <laughs> come on, let's let's split your money and go blow it. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, so let's, no, we, what we do, we'd go buy ourselves a satellite and we put would, this baby up exactly. on the bird. Or, or we could buy a radio station. Mm. Are they still have those? I think so. Mm. I'm not exactly sure. I think if you bought a radio station, you'd be buying uh, something obsolete. I think we gotta, we gotta go. We you want to buy a satellite? Something like that. How yeah. much does a satellite run these well, days? Well, you can get one. I've seen them on eBay for I don't know. Chris knows more about that than I do. I bet you can get a good one for about 120 bucks. Okay. If you wait it out. We they, don't need to win the lottery. Electronics then. Just... is going down in price all the That's time. That's true. I mean, you get a DVD player for, you know, $30 Oh, now. I know. So a satellite is the same oh, deal. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. That is an intriguing thought, though. What would you do? Would you not tell 
I'm not anyway. telling anybody, just so you know. If you see me coming, walk, if you see me driving up for the next podcast in a, what's the most expensive car ever made? A Rolls Royce with a chauffeur. Bentley. Just don't, don't ask any questions. Hmm. I'm just going to say, yeah, I had a, but that, I, that, I had a real good paying gig last month. No, but that's easier said than done. You can't, it, you're right. you can't suddenly move into I a know. mansion on Lake Washington and everybody's, yeah, I had a really good month last That's month. what I know. But aren't you, but aren't you doing the same basic job, job that you were doing before <laughs> where they were paying you $140 a month. Said, yeah, but yeah. It, things are just kind of... Uh, I invested well. <laughs> yeah, I invested well. I don't know. I don't I, know. It, it would be hard to keep it a secret because the other part is... Well, you, somebody's going to have to know. I mean, you're, you're going to have to put it into some sort of... Uh, I mean, you know, you're going to have to have an investment counselor. You're going to have to have That's different bank. from somebody that you have a personal relationship. Yeah, I suppose. But, That's I mean, different. I, but I just think it's hard to keep a lid on... These people that won the Mega Millions, we don't know as we're taping this who they are, but I, I bet we will because I don't. I think it's hard to keep a lid. Your personal, your privacy is uh, is so thoroughly compromised these days from the internet and cameras everywhere. And uh, I don't know. I don't. But but I I yeah I I get that. I think about my own family. Um, would you and, tell them? You'd have to tell Patty. She well, there's, she would beat it out of you anyway. There's a couple. Well, I'd have to tell my wife, but I would. Uh, there are some people in my family uh, that I would immediately help out. Not that I don't need the help myself, but we. But yeah, so just take take uh, help people sleep better at night for 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 starters. I think that would be great. I'd, of course, you'd do that. But then, what do you do beyond that? To me. Uh, if I won a ton of money, you talk about the big mansion on Lake Washington. Mm-hmm. Is that really what you'd want to do with it? I don't want a big mansion, but I, I do want. I want a, a property on the lake. I want to live on the lake. That's what, ab- what I would do. What about? Uh, and I'd hire a. Would maid. it have to be Lake Washington, or no, could it be? It could be anywhere. Could it be? I, I don't want to have neighbors. I don't want to live next to anybody. Could it be Lake Stevens? She, yeah. Green Lake. I actually would like. I'd have so much money, I could buy my own lake. That's See, you're thinking too small. See, here. I don't. I, that, that wouldn't do it for me. I, really? That, I can't Im- imagine why people don't want to live in a beach house or on the water. No, you know what? What? I'd just get a little dinky place, a not, place that works well enough for you, and, and then I'd say, "See you later." What? And I'd be, I'd be traveling. <laughs> oh my God! Oh no! What? Oh no! Okay, we gotta. Oh, okay. Let, let's what deal with this chaos. Oh, we'll God. take a break. Oh, come on! At Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium, we're shutting our doors. We're saying goodbye. We're closing our store forever. And you can save like never before. Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium is saying, that's it. We're done. Adios. Arrivederci. Farewell. Toodaloo. So long. We're out of here. We really mean it. No kidding. This is really it this time. We've said it before, but this is the real deal this time. We're hitting the bricks. Ciao. Abinazane. Saranara. Aravar. Godspeed till we meet again, which we won't because Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium is closing forever. We're never coming back. It's all over. We're done. Kaput. Finished. Drop the curtain. It's in an end. Finish. 
Beast. This is absolutely positively it, baby. Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium is down the road. We swear we won't ever be back. It ain't gonna happen. We're shutting them down. We're not pulling your leg on this thing. We've lost our lease, can't find it, looked everywhere, don't care because we're done. We're not jerking your chain on this thing. We're gonna board the place up, nail it shut, big nails, nothing gets in or out. We're history. And we really, 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 really mean it. So get off your big bottom and get down here quick because we're closing forever and I swear I'm not kidding about this. It could be next month, maybe next week, maybe tomorrow, but when we do, that's it. We're done. Roscoe's Oriental Rug Emporium going out of business since 1957. Opening soon in our new Northgate location. Here's a peculiar classic. And welcome now to Buzz Bookbeat, a feature designed to fill time. I'm sorry, that should read, a feature designed to fill your time with interesting information about new books. This morning, I'd like to introduce you to the author of a wonderful new book called The Sensitive Man. Yes. And welcome to you, Mr. Randall Framklinger. Oh, thank you, Pat. <laughs> you, uh, you're crying. That was such a beautiful, beautiful introduction. It was well, just very, uh, very uh, nice. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, thank you. It all right. Really um, sweet. Are, are you going to uh, be okay now? Yeah. Because, you know, if you need some time or maybe, you know, we could have you back another time. Oh, listen to you. You're so caring. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you. We're talking to the author of The Sensitive Man. Sensitive Man. Yeah. The author that sounds so nice when you say that. So nice. Sure. Uh, tell us a little bit about the book. Well, um, oh my goodness. What is it, Mr. Oh, Framklinger? I just realized all of those beautiful trees that died to make the paper. I didn't even think of that. Mr. Framklinger, um, oh. let me ask you this. Do you think a man could be uh, too sensitive? What do you mean? I mean, it just seems like it would be kind of hard to get through a day if everybody was as sensitive as... Well, as me. Well, I. You uh, think I'm too sensitive, don't you? No, I didn't. I'm yes, not. Yes, I, I didn't do. say that. Yes, no. you do, Mr. Framklinger. <laughs> you do think I'm too M Mr. sensitive, Mr. Framklinger. I know you do. <laughs> uh, let, let me ask you another question. Okay. How long did it take you to write the book? Eighteen years. That's a long time. Why so long? Well, I, I would write a few sentences, and then I'd start to cry, and my tears would make the ink run, and I'd have mm -hmm. to start over again. Are you up to taking a call? Uh, we have Marvin from Taquilla calling this morning. Okay? Okay. All right. Go ahead, Marvin. You're on the air with Randall Framklinger. Oh, I just wanted to say that that guy you got on the air right now is a big baby. Oh, That's way out of line, Marvin. Baby. Marvin, knock it off. Okay, I'm cutting you off. That's it. I'm not. I'm. I'm just not going to put up with that. I'm awfully sorry, Mr. Framklinger. I mean, I don't know why people think they can spout off like that. Do, do, do you think I'm a baby? Well, no, no. I, I, I just think you're very sensitive. Okay. And frankly, I think that's a very nice quality. Thank you. It's a very nice All right. thing to say. All right, sir. Well, good luck to you with your book. Okay. How do I leave? No. Uh, just uh, straight out the uh, the studio door there. All right. Thank you again. The pleasure's been all mine. Goodbye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Man, what a baby. I heard that. 
I was just kidding. I was just kidding, Mr. Framflinger. It was a joke. This portion of Peculiar Podcast is proudly presented hold by... Hold it, hold it, hold it. What? Your client just canceled their advertising. Give me that coffee. Okay. This portion of Peculiar Podcast is presented as a public service. Okay, well, let's see. <laughs> Man, that was an explosion. I know you. I didn't even know that was coming up. When I sneeze, I've got two more coming. Are, are, are you done? I'm done. I don't. I'm not. I know. I always hear people say they they do it in threes. I don't. What, what's the point of that? I get it all done and done. It's over with. No, that's great. Well, one thing that I do is I stifle my sneeze, and I'm told you're not supposed to do that. Why? Well, because it'll make your brain blow up. This is why I always say, with the, you're, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Why? Well, what, what I don't, sort of what well, sort of what because I'm you, they say evidence do you I don't have? know even know who they is, but that's what I mean. I guess they is my wife. She says if you're gonna sneeze, sneeze. You're all you when you stifle, you're keeping whatever it was that was making you sneeze. Oh, stay in there like a little frog or something. Yeah, a little in there. with the pollen or whatever it so is. So you want to get it out, blow it out of there. But no. so there are occasions and and venues where you can't just do that. Uh, for example, the airplane that we talked about uh, in times past, uh, in church, at a funeral. You guys, and we're here to lay to rest our good friend Fred. What? <laughs> I do I do sneeze like that at home, though. I let it. I oh, just, it's great when you're oh, by yourself. Oh, man, I just let it come ripping out. It feels it's one, good. It's one of the more satisfying things in life. There's no good. doubt about it, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. I think it's, you know, because of all this well, spring and the pollen, that guy mowing is mowing out there. And yeah. So I think that's why I got now, a little he sneezy. Is, there is a neighbor mowing. Open the window because it's really hot in here. It's see, I know it's see, really hot in let's here. Let's see how disturbing it would be if we just opened the window a little bit. Because he, he is quite a ways away. Well, but the, the problem is he's been mowing for the last two hours. Well, What's let, he doing well, out let's there? Let's see if we can really hear him or not. Let's see if we can really hear him. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And he, and from I can see what he's mowing, and it looks like he's going to be there all day on that riding mower. Yeah. There's a lot to mow out there. Yeah, well, you see what he's mowing over there? The grass. That guy planted that grass uh, late in last summer because he wanted it to be like a, a like, he wanted it to be like a golf range because he wants to teach golf to his kid. So that grass is like the holy grail over there. I can tell. And He's lovingly cutting it one blade at a time. Yeah. Well, yeah. On with, his mower. Yeah, with with a, a <laughs> nose hair trimmer. He's just that precise. But some but, guys are really into their lawns like that too. I but mean, as, but as I may have mentioned in previous podcasts, we have a couple of horses here. Hello, I'm Mister Satan. Well, long story short, the horses got loose the other day. They just went berserk, and they went running over into his yard, and they ran over his holy grail. And they're heavy. They're, these horses are like 1,000, 1,200 pounds, and they're punching holes as they're running into his pristine, uh, velvety green Brand so, new, yeah. laden, oh my god! And gosh. so he hasn't talked to us since. <gasps> We haven't talked to him. We know he's fuming right now. Uh, it How was you... it was an accident, but uh, 
what can we do? Okay, so let me. We need to back up here. Did he see the horses do it? No, but his family okay. did. Oh, I was gonna say you could have just denied it and said, "Yeah, those are hoof prints," but yeah, I don't know. Well, the, here's the thing, and I'm telling way too many stories out of school here, but his family, uh, his kids, and even his spouse, they came and said, "Oh, yeah, you're right. He's gonna be furious when he gets home." <laughs> He says, and then one of the little kids says to the mom, why is dad like that, mom? I don't know. So he's like a one-person raging tornado, but even his own family is not allied with him. You should have them over to dinner. I I know, and and I'm going to have to address this incident. Now, we went over and repaired it as best we could. Oh, you did? Okay. My wife did. That's nice. My wife. I wasn't home at the time. Uh, and, uh, but now, uh, I don't know. It's just, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's one of those kind of guys. Yeah. You know, it's not very just, forgiving. It's not going to be good. Uh, yeah, it was an accident. I get that. But he has a right to be disappointed that well, an accident he, has caused him. Yeah. He worked hard on that over there. He he's, did. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, he did. So. But yeah, I can see what him kind of, I can see him kind of fuming on his lawnmower as he's yeah. mowing around those divots you've yeah, created. because he's the... really bouncing around on yes, that he really lawnmower. Is. Yeah, because he's going <laughs> over a number of holes. Okay. Uh, Are right. you that fussy with your lawn, though? No. That's, men love that. There's Again, this is one of the differences between men and women. I, I don't see women saying, well, you know, I got me some Scott's Turf Builder this weekend. I think I'm going to go out and make sure that lawn's looking... I don't care. I, I want my lawn to look good, but I don't... I'm not uh, attached to it emotionally. Some men are attached to their lawns emotionally. No, no I could, I can, couldn't care less. You've got a nice looking lawn, though. Well, it's because that must we, puff you up with pride. Well, we have a couple yeah. of horses. Well, what puffs the lawn up is are these moles. We've got, we've got I'm more sorry, moles I, than I a guy that, that's got melanoma. I, I mean, they're all over you. the place out. Yeah, you better close it. I can't hear you. Plus, it reminds me that of his. Extreme How mad is it rancor you? <laughs> at me, yes. Yeah. So the moles are showing up. Uh, yeah, yeah. They started showing up a month ago for me. And they just, there's nothing you can do. I know we've talked about this before. Um, other than pee in the mole holes. Human urine is apparently, you're, you're, you're marking your yard or something. So, well... I, the reason it. I'm silent about that is because I got arrested for indecent exposure. <laughs> I didn't realize you could actually pee into a cup or something else and then take it outdoors. Right. Yeah, I thought you had to do it directly. Right. Yeah. So deliver it. The neighbor kids spotted me, and it's up on YouTube right now if you want to see it. It ain't much to look at, believe me. Uh, yeah, that was a mistake. Live and learn; it won't happen again. Yeah. Uh, so. Anyway, we were talking about the lottery and all that. We can move along, except that uh, there is one other story that came to light uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it was about the this uh, this stock that showed up. It was it was uh, you you probably have heard about it by now. A family has claimed a hundred and thirty million dollars in Coca Cola stock. Things go better with Coke. Well, good for them. They found this this paper at a garage sale. That said that you have one, you have a hundred shares of Palmer Union Oil. It is a now defunct company, I believe, but it was owned and is a subsidiary of Coca-Cola. 
So they so, found this 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 vintage or antique stock certificate yep, at a yep. garage sale. Somebody probably put in a pile of here's some old stuff if you want it. It is, and a, they bought it. It and it kept splitting and, and all of that. Uh, and so it now what started out as a hundred shares of Palmer Union Oil is one point eight million shares. Oh my! Estimated God. at a hundred and thirty million dollars in 130 value. Hundred and thirty million dollars. Something bought at a garage at a, sale. It, you hear these stories all the time. I know. Why can't it happen to I, us? I never me. I shop at garage sales all the time, and all I get is crap. Okay, now wait a minute. Let's let's think about talk about this for a second here, because I read a story the other day about a guy who had found uh, a. Uh, a Picasso uh-huh. that he had bought at uh, like a Goodwill store, right? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that was out recently, yeah, or that was this out last recently. year or something. So, what is the moral uh, responsibility, if any, the ethical responsibility of somebody that, let's say, goes to a garage sale, gets this largesse, and finders keepers, and just because the person that put it in the garage sale didn't know what it was worth or didn't know what they had, they're out. Finders keepers. Really, you're that's yeah. it. I think so. You wouldn't go back and say, you know what? Uh, here, take this portion of this. Uh, if if it's a hundred thirty million, I don't know, give them give them a hundred thousand bucks or something. I mean, that. I think you're then again. This goes back to the lottery thing. Don't tell anybody. You're inviting them to then sue you. Well, this for- one is out. I mean, this family is trying to get this money, and it sounds like Coca Cola at least as we are recording this podcast now, is uh, oh. uh, understandably recalcitrant about, reluctant, I should say, about uh, honoring this uh, this stock because of it's course. so old and stuff. Of course. I mean, it's $130 million. That's pretty They're good. like, oh, dang. That's a lot of coke. Yeah, that's a lot. So, But I, I don't know, and I don't mean to sound like... You know, so you're we, just the finders keepers, and that's that. Don't you're inviting if you if you you're coming at it from well, I should at least be nice to them and say, oh, here's a hundred thousand dollars, because then they're going to be like, uh, yeah, no, we're suing it because Grandma held the garage sale. She's crazy, and we can prove that in the court of law. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, what what if somebody is walking down the street and a hundred and thirty million dollars falls out of their pocket and they don't notice it? And then you come strolling along, and hey, there's 130 million dollars. Finders keepers. <laughs> I mean, why is that any different? Uh, because they didn't. The the person that sold that stock certificate probably had to haggle with them anyway. You probably went up and said, "Oh, this is a cool piece of pay." I'm I'm into this vintage. Uh, what's it called? Ephemeria or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Into this stuff, what do you would you take? Camera. What do you take a buck for it? Uh, no, I've had that for eighteen centuries. And is I, this a woman or a man speaking? I think, right I'm now. not sure. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's a command. Man, I, I love your uh, old man voice. So you taught me how to do the old man voice. So uh, how about no? I can't let it go for more less than two fifty. Oh God, I don't know two fifty. Uh, how about? Two. Well, again, see, it's been in my family for, and so how about two twenty-five? So you've done all this work, <laughs> and I'll you, sell it to you for twenty-five dollars. <laughs> so, well, I can't go twenty-five dollars. Well, it's worth one hundred and thirty million dollars. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, okay. Well, okay, I'll give you twenty-five dollars for it. I ain't too smart, am I? No, you're not, sir. The guy whose hundred and thirty million falls out of his pocket, it's his. He wasn't intending on. The, this old man who sold it had set a price, said two dollars and twenty five cents. But he didn't know what he had. He didn't well, know that was too bad. Million. But there's, I don't see the difference. There's, I do. 
too bad. That's just too bad. But you, you sold it. You didn't want it. You can't now want it back. Well, sure you can. No, you can't. Sure you, you can. You can want it back, but you can't have it back. Oh, no. That's, that's too bad. Your heart is, I a, know. is I'm... like a giant ice cube. It's <laughs> as cold as ice. It is. It is. <laughs> but that's why you just well, these are don't have a garage though. sale. I mean, this is the thing. Seriously, are, you would know if something was worth... Gee, I better look into this. This looks important. Well, people I mean, love this have, all the time. We have Google now. There's no reason you can't look something up and, and determine the value of it. Well, maybe so. But people who go to garage sales, and you must have gone to a few in your day. I and, have. And holds them. You, you can see these people that they come in and they go, oh, 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 God, Larry, come here. Look at this. Oh, oh, God. Oh, they don't even know what to do. Let me act real cool. Say, um, (laughs) this uh, vase here, um, I notice you've got 50 cents on it. Uh, Yeah, I could take it off your hands for, I don't know, 25 cents, something like that. (laughs) You know, they, they know they've got something good. Uh, I collect I collect I, vintage I jewelry. I wouldn't feel good about it. I would I'd say have, I wouldn't feel I'd good about it. I'd have 130 million dollars, but I wouldn't feel good right, about it. Right. Right. I collect vintage uh, costume jewelry and there's a lot of people who think that stuff is junk. You do? Yes. Well, for gosh sakes. I never knew that. Shut up, I do. <laughs> and and you see people who especially some estate sales that aren't quite savvy enough. If you hire estate people, they know this. But if you just say, well, we're cleaning out grandma's garage, I've seen some really beautiful pieces that are collector's pieces that you could that are worth a couple hundred bucks that they're selling for a dollar. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell them, hey, this piece of jewelry is worth two hundred bucks. I'm gonna say, here's your fifty cents. Thank you very much. And they're gonna be, Thank God she took that junkie. That was the junkiest thing I've ever seen. Could you believe she spent fifty cents on that? But thing? isn't it a matter of proportion? I mean, you're talking about relative chump change and i'm talking about 130 million dollars i can but i'm thinking though that they're not going to fight me over a 200 hundred dollar piece of jewelry where those other people will fight for that 130 million dollars just don't tell here's the moral of the story if you get a big chunk of dough just keep your big fat mouth shut about it that's all i'm saying don't tell anybody okay well you know this isn't even a problem (laughs) <laughs> that, that is worth discussing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> if if you are Bill Gates. That's true. And uh, I had this debate with somebody one time. You know, in Canada, they are uh, doing away with their penny. They and, are? Yeah. And I so, didn't know this. Yeah. And so the debate is, why is the United States, why aren't they getting rid of their pennies? You know, it costs more than a cent to make a penny. I believe that. So we're losing money by making pennies and... People don't, so the, the, the debate was, I was having with a friend of mine was, do you think Bill Gates would stop and bend over on the sidewalk to pick up a penny? No. I said, no, no. no. What no. about a quarter? Would he stop and pick up a quarter? No. 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 What about 20 bucks? If he saw 20 bucks lying on the ground, would yeah. he, you think Bill Gates would I do that? I think he would. Yeah. There's a, there's a difference in paper money and coins. There is? I think so. What if there was a silver dollar on the sidewalk? You'd he he might up. not. He might not pick it up because it, he thinks that there's value to it. It's just who looks something shiny, and he might pick that up. I'll tell you why he wouldn't pick it up. Why? Because he would be assuming that somebody's trying to punk him. 
and there's a camera on. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. We got Bill Gates on camera, and he picked up picked a, up a, picked up a, <laughs> a one dollar. Um, well, you would pick up a silver dollar because that could be worth uh, 130 million dollars, right, Lisa? <laughs> you never you know. You know what? I pick up any money. I don't care what denomination it is. If I find money in any form on the ground, I will crawl on my knees to get it, even if it's a penny. Mr. Gates and his wife. Uh, and Melinda the, the Gouts fa- found uh, Gates found. I said Gouts Foundation. Yeah, that's funny. They're probably supporting the Gout Foundation. Probably as well. are. They. Um, I mean, nobody. I don't care who you are can can have a problem with the level of philanthropy that they uh, that they stand for, mm. and, uh, and and they're great. And and they turn their attention to play, things where money and and uh, help is so sorely needed. But it is not being directed there uh, by government uh, and or even a lot of other private giving. So mm-hmm. they're they're in Africa and they're working uh, to uh, on the AIDS epidemic, uh, um, uh, you know, the mosquitoes and uh, poverty and, and starvation and all of the all the myriad w- troubles there are in the world. And God love them for doing that. Mm-hmm. Now, Bill Gates has funded this new machine that. F- it filters your toilet water so that you can drink it. It filters toilet water into drinkable, potable water. The uh, the dogs drink out of the toilet all the time. They think it's pretty drinkable the way it is. But I never let my dogs do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. <laughs> and I have to tell you, toilet water is not that bad. So he's so so. This is obviously to create water for these these countries that he's helping in other ways. Do you think there is more water on this planet, more or less water on this planet now than there was, say, a million years ago? I don't know why I'm looking at you really suspiciously. I think this is a trick question. Kind of is. Um, yeah. I think there's the same amount of water. That's right. You're right. It just it's in different forms. No, no. So why why does everybody run around screaming? There's a water shortage, and this is, I don't understand. Well, that's that. exactly it. It's it's where the water is. You know, uh, it's not. In, well, it's either up in the clouds or it's in an ice. It's in a glacier. It could be in glaciers, or, and that's why a lot of it is. Uh, if glaciers are melting. There's going to be water coming, and it's going to be flooding some. You know, all these things. People seem somehow. There's so many people that still seem to think that this global warming, climate change thing is some kind of hoax. I, I uh, know. And uh, I, you know, okay, fine. If that's if that's what rocks your boat, great, go for it. But, yeah, and, and I'm but always, I just I I think from my uh, my reading's rather casual about it, but uh, it, to me, it's not about whether that, that's true or not. It, there's an anti-science bent among a, a lot of people in this country, a lot of conservative, fundamental Christian people. They just, science, they think, is like some kind of a, a phony, scary uh, it's like watching card tricks or sorcery Which is, or something. It's surprising. Like that. You 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 can, <clears throat> I suppose, argue that if you have studied what it is you're arguing about. If you haven't studied it, how on earth can you stand there and say this is hooey or? I guess I, I don't, never understood that. <clears throat> but, well, it, well, why not assume that it's true? Why say, well, let's keep just let's continue doing the things what we harm do. Is it? Yeah, there's there's no harm in saying okay, well maybe we should be a little better stewards of this planet. Mm-hmm. Maybe there is, maybe the global warming, the climate change thing is bogus. But does that mean that we should just continue throwing uh, our, our stuff in the river, the and, practices that we have, right. it, and just hope that it works out? Right, doesn't make any sense. I agree.
Having said that, uh, it's cool to me that a guy like Bill Gates doesn't... I mean, some some, um, philanthropists in the past would do these great sweeping things where they would... uh, Things that sounded grand and wonderful. And and this is so... It sounds so innocuous. You're going to turn toilet water into regular water that people can drink. That's where you're putting your money. Yeah. And it's and it's cool because it's it's going to make a big difference now in in developing countries, third world it countries. It certainly would. Do you think though? When I read this article, I I thought it was meant for us. Would <laughs> would you? And by the way, what? Uh, you, have you ever heard of the name Thomas Crapper? <sighs> yes, everybody knows he invented the toilet. He invented the flush toilet. Right. Why is not? You think about the flush toilet, and how cool that is. I mean, don't sit there and go, God, that's cool. Isn't that cool? But why isn't Thomas Crapper in the Pantheon with Alexander Graham Bell, Thomas Edison, uh, all of the other great inventors and miracle workers, yeah, I don't scientists? Know. I mean, the the, uh, the the flush toilet is, is a, I mean, it, it's a, just fantastic. People used to have to go out, go walking outside to this little house they had set up. Go, yeah. go plant their arse on right. a little hole that they had cut in there. Right. I mean, you, you've you've gone to some public campgrounds and, and things where that's essentially what they have. The, well, the, it's it's kind of the honey bucket experience yeah. is one I don't ever and, want and, to and, relive and again. Even me as head. a guy, I know women do this, but even even me as a guy, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let my my rear end hover over that. Hole. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm a planting total it down. Hover. I'm sure there's gonna be a big old snake or a bug or something that's gonna walk on a or bite, a person bite my butt. Um, so. but you know, and it smells bad. It and, does smell bad, and you don't even want to look. Yeah, you don't don't even look. So Just for the pure go in and shut your eyes. Sanitation, uh, that is the arguably one of the greatest changes in the world. That that stife, uh, you know, it, uh, it headed off disease and, and all I'm kinds. I'm sure there's it's some terribly sort of important. There, there's some sort of memorial or or tribute or some sort of a. No, here's you know, the tribute Thomas Crapper gets. His name is now a noun for what the, the product that comes out of your rear end. Or hey, actually, Thomas, got good news for you. <laughs> we, you know what we call that stuff? We call it crap. We named it after you. Thank you so much for your invention. I'm sure he's got some sort of a, I don't know, some, something has been set up in his honor. Well, if you feel so strongly about it, why don't you start a club? All right. A Facebook page or something. I just will. During this break, I'm going to start one. I'm going to start a foundation. The Crapper Foundation. Walk right in. Sit right down. Baby, let your hair hang. That was not the song we wanted right there. Walk right in. Oh, come on. Coming this fall, the realest reality show yet. Twelve people picked to live on a remote island in a fabulous mansion with a staff of B-list celebrities who will battle it out for big money and the chance to marry a totally average-looking midget who will be given a surprise extreme makeover. But things heat up when the contestants have to face fear and eat human feces. From one of America's supermodel hopefuls, from executive producer Donald Trump, 
the show that puts Rhea in reality. The littlest, obnoxious apprentice, mole, idol survivor for the straight Joe factor. Celebrity edition. Coming this fall. The show is not intended to emulate any other reality show. Any similarities is purely coincidental. Here's a peculiar classic. And it's time again to talk with the owner of Beagleman Motors in Renton. Hello. Mr. Brad Beagleman. Yeah. The sensitive dealer. That's so true, Brad. Has your reputation as the sensitive dealer, Mr. Beagleman, been yes. an effective marketing approach for you? Marketing schmarketing. Okay. Man. It's not an advertising gimmick. I really do care. And I said... Okay, well, that's... Uh, uh, what? Can I give you an example? Okay. I, I, I was talking to a man yesterday mm-hmm. who had just bought a new car yep. at another car dealership. Uh-huh. And... You know what I did when I saw that man, Pat? You became enraged and you started screaming and yelling? No, no, Pat. Oh. I, I, I just looked at that man yeah. and, and I cried. You cried? Because I felt so sorry for him, Pat. You did? Because you you know why, Pat? Um, because that poor man just made the biggest mistake of his life, Mr. Pat, Beagleman. Because uh, that sucker please. will never be able to get that car serviced. Please, Mr. Beagleman. Because he bought that car Sir. from a dirty, rotten, egg-sucking... I beg you, Mr. Beagleman. <laughs> please. I'm sorry. I know. I'm sorry. I know you are. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry, Pat. Mm-hmm. They don't come any sorrier than Brad Beagleman. Well, um... Don't jump on that one, Pat. Okay. Pat, Pat the, the thing is... Yeah. The, the Brad Beagleman story is beginning a new chapter. A new chapter? Yeah, 11, Pat. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, that's okay. I'm cool about it. You are? Sure, because, Pat, if if Brad Beagleman doesn't sell another car... Uh-huh. If, if Brad Beagleman doesn't sell another car... Right. Not even one. Yeah. Stinking car. Mr. Beagleman, um... Not even one Mr. Beagleman, damn car! Mr. Beagleman, please. No, I'm, I'm okay. All right. I'm okay. All right. I, I'm just saying, yeah. if I don't sell another car, yeah. well, then that would be... That'd be bad, Pat. Yeah, it would. Yeah. But, yeah. I have to compliment you. Uh, you do? Mr. Beagleman. Yeah, you... Un- considering the stress you're under, you are... Very calm. Thanks. Very restrained. Yeah, I, 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 I've changed, Pat. You have, have you? Okay, sirrah, sirrah, Pat. Right. Whatever will be, will be. Okay. The future's not ours to see. That's true. Pat. So, hey, sirrah, Raw? Yeah, raw, Pat. Uh-huh. Raw. Rotten, um, dirty, stinking, no. double-dealing agents of Satan, Pat! Mr. Bagelman. That's what those other dealers are! That's it, Mr. Bagelman. You know I'm right, Pat! We're done. I'm sorry! So long, sir. I'm sorry! Goodbye! I'm really, 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 really sorry! I know. Take the sorriest sorry there ever was and double it, Pat! Yeah. That's how sorry I am! We've gotta go, Mr. I'm the Sultan of Sorry, Pat! Mr. Beagleman. I'm sorry. Goodbye. I'm sorry. We interrupt Peculiar Podcast for this test of our emergency system. This is only a test. (laughs) 
This concludes this test. You're listening to Peculiar Podcast. Pat Cashman and Lisa Foster once met some of the news people at Channel 4, Como TV. That means that if you listen to Peculiar Podcast, you are like just, oh, I don't know, three degrees of separation from Ken Schramm. Now, back to the remaining portion of Peculiar Podcast. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? That He's mowing one piece of grass at a time out he, there. He's actually now in my yard mowing my yard. So that's why. He, this is too loud. I don't think he'd do you that kind of a favor, by the way. we got to wrap this up. All right. right. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. You missed a spot. Need the green, green grass of For listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at peculiarpodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. <laughs> <laughs>